And we're going to talk about the book of James. And we're going to do it, before we go to that first slide, we're going to do a little bit of review. And let's, let's, let's have a word of prayer before we start, okay? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what it means to us, for what it means to you. And we thank you, Lord, for the help that we know that comes from your word in our daily lives every day, day in and day out. And we just give you all the praise and we thank you for what you're going to do and what's going to be said today. For we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. And I see Howard made it in. I thought he was going to be taking Jackie to catch an airplane to go to Israel. Okay. Okay, before we start, I want us to read. We're talking about James. And look, I brought my glasses today. I can see. Kind of. <laughs> but I want us to read a scripture first. But can I get somebody to read it for me? Jeremiah 29, 11. And a lot of you can quote that. Has somebody got that? Oh. Okay, you know why this scripture was said right here? Israel had just came out of 70 years of captivity. Jeremiah had predicted they'd be gone away for 70 years and they'd just come back. They come back and the first thing he does is prophesy to them. For Ananias saying, You know my thoughts, my plans for you. What does he say he wants to do, Hannah? So he wants the best for you. And I want you to think about that as we talk about James chapter 4 today. What, what have we learned so far about James? Who is James? The brother of Yeshua. The little brother. Anybody got a little brother here? Are they sometimes hard to deal with? <laughs> they are sometimes. And... Uh, I think James uh, was one of those people that he may have been rather outspoken, especially reading the book of James. So what, what's some of the things he's talked about, and I'm probably outside of the thing and Miss Lucy will be just, a, <laughs> will be just a, uh, texting on the telephone. Uh, I'm not a good standstill person. Have, have you ever noticed that before? I can't talk without my hands or waving them around or moving my feet or something. I'm just one of those kind of people. And, and right now, I don't know about you guys, but I am extremely hot in here. <laughs> but anyhow, what have we learned about James so far? Let's, let's do James chapter 1 real quick. Somebody tell me something about James chapter 1. I saw Melanie raise her hand back there. <laughs> James chapter 1. What have we learned so far? Not to show partiality. Be happy to go through a hard situation. Well, he, uh, he doesn't call himself the brother of Yeshua. He says the servant. The servant. Yeah. Okay, how about, okay. 
Oh yeah. And we we got we we studied about that uh, when we did the uh, Proverbs, didn't we? We talked a lot about that. Chapter two, what did we learn in there? Partiality. Someone <laughs> So so I can't be partial. Me and Marvin, we, we can't be partial to anybody else because we're good buddies because he lives down the street from me. He brings me all kind of good things to eat and plants and stops and talks to me. And, you know, he, Marvin is a good neighbor. <laughs> if you ever wanted a good neighbor, he's a good neighbor. But we don't show partiality. How about chapter three? What did we learn about in chapter three? Um, not too Gossip. You think any of us has ever had a problem with that here? No. Oh, <laughs> Miss Helen says, "Oh boy." <laughs> but we do have a problem with gossip. Sometimes we just want to share a little tidbit of something, don't we? Oh, and we don't mean any harm by it, do we? Yeah. But Patrick did a, an awesome job talking about that last week. Now we start out in chapter chapter four, and this is a completely different version of this chapter than I have ever seen before. Uh, and some of your Bibles will say that uh, when this starts out, that James says to them, "I've got something somewhat against you guys." What do you think he meant by that? Because he'd been hearing rumors. And what are rumors? Gossip. <laughs> He'd been hearing some rumors that, that there was some fighting going on. Some bickering. Some complaining. Now, were the children of Israel good about that? They were the best complainers, weren't they? They were the best bickers. They were the, the, the easiest. You know, there's very few people that will argue with God themselves. But the children of Israel would do that. They wanted to be right, and they wanted him to do what they wanted to do. Do we ever get that way? Whenever, sometimes when you, do you pray, do you, you take God's plan or his thoughts in mind when you say a prayer? Like, I'm going to pray for Marvin. I'm going to pray that Marvin is blessed. But does God have a specific plan that he has for Marvin? Something that he's already thought out. He laid it out before the foundation of the earth. Before he formed this earth and put it together, he made a plan for Marvin's life. What Marvin's going to do, what he's going to say, what, he, what's he, what he's going to be in life. But what hinders that? Our own plans, our grumbling, our complaining. Uh, this starts out, this is, and that's verse 1 of chapter 4, not verse 4. My uh, typist was supposed to be the 4-1. <laughs> and it says, where do wars come from? Now, is that what we're talking about today? I got a question for you, and I like questions, and I like answers. Where do wars come from? The Soviet Union, right? Russia. Iraq. 
Washington, D.C. Where, where do wars come from? From nations? Oh, what? From our own passions. Had somebody got James chapter 4 open? Read that first verse there. Uh-huh. Are you just doing verse one? Yeah, I'm in verse one. Okay. Okay. So Marvin says we say where do wars come from? And what did you say it came from, Marvin? From the desires and passions. From the desires and the passions in our own hearts. So James has been dealing with us and he's been kind of looking at us kind of hard and he's been talking about a lot of things about us being uh, partial to some people. And we do that sometimes. Even our, our best intentions, sometimes we want to set somebody a little higher than somebody else or, or give somebody a little more recognition than somebody else. And, and we have different reasons for doing those kind of things. Sometimes they're uh, so that we can get more money for DMF Reckon we've ever done that, or so that we can get the uh, best seat at the dinner table. When I'm at the dinner table, I like to sit next to the turkey. We got Thanksgiving coming up. <laughs> you think that's a little bit selfish? You think I should let Julia sit closer to the turkey than me? No way, because she is bad about picking at that. <laughs> so she has to sit all the way to the other end of the table. But sometimes, like Marvin says, and like James says here, war comes about because of our own desires and our own wants and our own feelings. When we, when we think about life, who do we think about first? Who's the most important to us? Ourselves. Ourselves. <laughs> We, we're, we're taught that, the, that our wives are more important, our children are more important, that we put God first. But do we always do that? No. And, and Marvin threw a little word in there, there towards the end of verse 1, that uh, lust word. The lust of our flesh. The satisfaction of of what brings me and what it brings to my body. So, where do wars come from? From within. From within. What's the driving force? Is it Washington, D.C.? Mr. Biden gets a whole bunch of troops together to send them over to Ukraine. No, that's not, that's not the war that we have to worry about on a day-to-day -day basis. If we take care of the driving forces that are within us, if we take care of those little problems that we have with each other, uh, Megan likes uh, chocolate, I like vanilla. But can we come to a compromise and maybe eat a, a chocolate vanilla swirl? <laughs> we, have, we have to think of others and not put ourselves first. We have to do that. That James says, and I heard this is going on here in 
Jerusalem here where we're at, I've heard that there are people that's arguing between each other about who's going to get set by uh, the apostles, who has to sit at another table, who gets to count the money, who don't get to count the money. People argue about that kind of stuff. They're always looking at that kind of stuff. And, and like we talked about a little bit earlier, the lust. Now, we think about lust. What's the first thing that you think about when you think about lust? Greed. And I'm telling you, Mr. Bobby is a human being. When I hear somebody talk about lust, I think about sexual sins. <laughs> Marvin said he wasn't going to say that. <laughs> but lust is not just sexual sins, is it? So I got a question for you. I want you to think real deep and, and come up with an answer for me. Do you lust for things that you don't have? Yes. You do. I know right now the meadows, the meadows are looking for a house, aren't you? Has it got to be that lusting desire yet? <laughs> I imagine you guys are getting pretty tired of being in that uh, travel trailer. <laughs> it is a blessing. But I, I know Karen and I live in a uh, 2,200 square foot house, and I am so thankful that she has a little room on the back side of the house, a little sunroom that she can go out there and close the door. <laughs> that gives her about uh, 200 square foot of living space and I, get <laughs> I can turn the TV up as loud as I want to. <laughs> I, can, I can yell, I can do everything I want to, and she's back there, she can't hear a word I'm saying. <laughs> but we do, sometimes we get these desires for stuff that we just don't have. Is that always bad? Not always. Is it ever good? Sometimes. Okay, did you read verse four yet? Oh, let's, let's look at this up here, okay? So James says, where do wars come from? What is the driving force? And from where? Come the fights among you and we talked about that's because we were fighting and, and arguing with each other because of our own selfish desires whatever's in us that's driving us it says they come from the warring in your members the members of your body verse 2 there for me you lust for something and you do not have it you kill and you envy and you're not able to obtain it. You get involved in divisions of dissensions and fights. You do not have because you fail to, and I think that word means ask in your prayers. So you lust for something that you do not have, and we've already talked about that. Uh, the... Uh, Meadows are lusting for a house, but that's not bad. <laughs> they need a house. Uh, according to James, sometimes we even kill 
to get what we want. Do we do that? We do it with our words sometimes. Sometimes the things we say, the hard things we say, and a lot of times we say those hard things unintentionally. I may say something that's going to hurt Megan's feelings really bad. Or she may say something that's going to hurt my feelings really bad. Sometimes the way we present ourselves, the way we present something, it hurts, it kills, it destroys the person that we're talking about. And, and gossip, we talked to, Patrick talked about that. Gossip is, I would say, is the, is the number one killer in the United States. It, it is the number one killer because it destroys people's lives. You get involved with all kind of divisions and all kind of fights. You know, we just, we just had elections. Uh, Tuesday, people went to vote. Tuesday, uh, the Wednesday morning, I was furious. Karen gets up, she gets up about eight o'clock. I've already been up for a, a few minutes before she wakes up. <laughs> but I'm, I've been watching the news and they were showing from the polls, they were showing who won and everything and the stuff that was going on. But then they had a little graph they showed up there and they showed how many people from Alabama went out and voted. Did anybody see that on TV? Okay, let's, let's just make a, a, a guess. How many people do you think that people that argue every day about these elections, uh, that argue about the high prices, the gas prices, the abortion issues, the, the gun control, the, the violence in the street, but how many people do you think in the state of Alabama went out and voted? Less than 50, 34% of the people. And this, this, just this last year, Alabama had a big drive, and they believe that it approximately 95% of the people that are able to vote in Alabama registered to vote this last year. If you wasn't registered, you were registered. So 95% of our state's population that was old enough to vote were registered to vote, and 34% showed up. You get involved in arguing and bickering back and forth because we really do. We get it really involved with the abortion issue that came out, Roe versus Wade. Nobody here this morning wants to see that reversed. I don't think they do. It, I hope there's nobody here that wants to see that reversed. But you know, there's a good possibility that can be reversed. The very first thing that President Biden says he's going to do it's going to put that before the Senate and have the Senate vote to reverse the uh, law that the Supreme Court just said that, that wasn't legal. So they're going to go back and try to make it abortion legal again in all 50 states. So all those things, we get involved in those things. And I'm the worst one. I love to argue politics. I, I, I do. If you know me and you ever want to get into a, a good argument, let me tell you, I am a stouch Republican. <laughs> and I don't mind telling you that. Now, is, is that some of these uh, divisions and dissensions that we get into? Yeah. Does it matter that I'm a Republican 
And Jeremy here is a Democrat. No, we, sh we should be able to live together in peace, we shouldn't we? We should be able to have two parties in this country. <laughs> He's not a Democrat. <laughs> his guy will get up and take his belt off. <laughs> okay, verse 3. You make petitions and you do not receive because you ask wrongly that your lust you may spend what you receive. Okay, uh, I was telling Hannah about this morning, earlier when we talked about this, the suggestion was we talk about why people don't get their prayers answered. And I told Hannah, I am not going to talk about why people don't get their prayers answered. You know, we gave the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. Our Father in heaven has a plan for us. He has thoughts for us for our success. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm saying we should pray. Praying together draws us closer together. If you're a man and a wife, you and your wife pray together, that's, that's the best thing that you can do for your marriage. A man and woman that's praying together, are they going to be arguing about stuff? Hardly ever. If your children are praying with you, if you're sitting down with your children every day, reading your Bible and praying with them, you're not going to be arguing with them. But this says, we make our petitions and we do not receive them. So, James is still dealing with this stuff about this contention that's going on. You know, the, the, the Jewish people, Israel as a nation, you can hardly find a place in the Bible when you read about them that they're not at war. During James' time, what was their biggest complaint? What government were they complaining about? The Romans. Them dirty, rotten Romans. They tax us. They don't let us send our kids to the school we want them to go to. They make rules we don't want to live by. They close the building's on one day and we want to have them open. We, the, the Jewish people were world famous. They were a warring nation. All the Middle Eastern countries, do you know a Middle Eastern country right now that, that, that's not in contention with somebody else? Even when they're allies, they're fussing and fighting between each other. They don't get along with anybody. James says, I hear in my everyday walking around that there's some of you that are not getting along together. It may have just been gossip. It may have just been people trying to, to say, uh, the reason Megan don't get along with Bobby is because she's got her own agenda. <laughs> but James had heard this. He'd heard talking about this. And sometimes the reason you don't get what you're asking for now, we talked about Brian's house. Brian knows what he needs for a house. I'd say you probably need four bedrooms, at least two bathrooms. <laughs> a room that you can put everybody else in so that you can have peace and quiet. <laughs> but he knows what he needs. He knows what would be beneficial for his family. But does he need a, uh, a $15 million house? 
<laughs> he would like to have one made. But it would, it would be a lot to keep up with, I'm telling you. <laughs> I wouldn't want to try to keep up with it. So sometimes when we pray, we pray so that the lust, those things that we're wanting, is more than what God's plan is for us. Sometimes when we pray, we're, we're, we're praying amiss of what his plan is. Uh, I, I, and I may have a, thing, a question in here. It, it is, it's my, uh, it says, you do not have because you fail to align your prayer with God's word. You know something? Uh, Anthony just got through teaching you how to pray. Really, he did. Every Saturday, every Shabbat, we have a lesson on praying. Those prayers are not just something that's, that they're beautiful to hear, they're, the Hebrew is beautiful, the words are, are beautiful, but they're there for a purpose. They're to teach us. What, what did Yeshua say to the disciples when he gave them the Lord's Prayer? I want to teach you the correct way to pray. And can you do the, the Lord's Prayer for me out loud? See that real life? Okay, stop. So he gets almost all the way through this prayer that Yeshua gave the disciples before he ever asked for bread for the day. Yeshua taught us that we ask for God's will, his plan. So we may not know exactly what his plan is, but part of our prayer is, Father, I don't know what your plan is for Brian's house, but I'm asking you that you give him the house that you've designed and that you've built for him. It, would that be pay, praying correctly? Or I might say, God, and, and when you're doing that, I know you may have not planned this, but throw in a swimming pool. <laughs> So he can have us come over on Sunday afternoon in the summertime. <laughs> that, <laughs> but sometimes that, that's, I'm asking for something that would benefit me. And it would benefit him. And I'm, I know you guys would like it, right? A swimming pool. A nice big barbecue outdoor kitchen that daddy could cook at. And I, I'm just waiting for him to invite us over, Brian. <laughs> But we're learning to pray every Saturday, every Shabbat. We're saying those prayers so that we learn to pray in line with God's word. We're not learning to pray that, so that we are praying what's in my heart. Because you know what the scripture says about my heart? Oh. <laughs> it's deceitful. So that, that's what's inside of me. 
And if that's what's inside of me, that may be what's inside of you. So if we're not praying according to what the Word teaches us, we're praying, we're praying with the lust of our own flesh, our own deceitfulness, our own desire for gain. We have those prayers, and Anthony's doing a good job of teaching them to us, and Jeremy and Suzanne and Bob and, and Gabe. That is a, a fantastic thing, a tool that we have to live by day in and day out. Because you ask wrongly that your lusts, you may spend what you receive. I like the fact that they throw that word spend in there. A lot of times, even though we're asking for somebody else, we're looking for gain for ourselves. Can you go to the next verse? And, and this right here is, is kind of, uh, this kind of caught me off guard here when I looked at the commentary on this. This says, adulterers. You know, when this was written, it, the original content of that, it, it says, you women adulterers. It talks about women cheating on their men, their husbands. But later on, I noticed that they changed that and it says adulterers and adulteress. So it picks up the men and women. both men and women commit adultery. Oh, who said that? <laughs> but they do. And we know what adultery is. It says, do you not have any idea that closeness, friendship, intimacy with the world makes you an enemy to God? No. I didn't read all those Hebrew words. Marvin can pronounce those things. Anthony can pronounce those words. Miss Barbara back there, they're all smart people. But what that says, do you not know that closeness, friendship, and intimacy with the world is war with God? You can't be close with the world and not be at war with God. And I, I forget what the scripture is. It's in Proverbs, I think. It says you can't serve two masters. You can't do that. We can't be at peace with the world and be at peace with God. There's going to be a war. There's a war going on right now, right? Between God and the world. The, the world is fighting everything that God's doing. Even the good things that the world is doing. It's, it's at war with God. Because sometimes we want to do the good so much. Like, I want to do so much to help Brian get his house. I, I, I'm willing right now to take up an offering and give him some money to buy that house that he wants. That's a good thing, isn't it? But is that what God wants us to do? Is that Jeremiah 29, 11? I know 
my thoughts, what the Father is saying, on Brian, and I have a plan for him. So anytime that we're, we choose to, to uh, be in aligned with the world, with the doctrines of the world, with the philosophies of this world, we're at war with God. That war is still going on. The war that James talks about right in the very start. What is war? It's anything that's fighting against the principles that we learn from those prayers, that we learn from the Word, from what Yeshua taught us. The Sermon on the Mountain, the Beatitudes, to me is it, it's beautiful. It, it, it breaks down all those little things that, that Yeshua is talking to us about. So, do you not know that to have closeness, friendship, and intimacy with the world makes you at war with God? Therefore, whoever chooses to make the world his plan is making an enemy of God. And there's some scriptures here if you want to look those up. There. Can you do the next one? And Marvin, will you read that verse right there, verse 5? that the scripture speaks in vain does the Holy Spirit in us cause us to crave after envy the Holy Spirit is in us to dwell within us he's not going to cause you he's not the driving force behind your desires even your good desires. He's not the driving force behind it. He's the driving force behind teaching you to align yourself with Yeshua and what the Word teaches. So what He's doing in you is not vain. So, let's say Mary over here has got her eye on a brand new Cadillac Surreal. They still make those things? <laughs> and she wants a rhythm. <laughs> and she wants that creamy tan uh, seat covers, right? With the wood grain on the side. <laughs> and she wants to get one that's gas economical, right? One of them new electric things that you can plug in. Yeah. So she can save some money. What's driving that in her? <laughs> Think about it. 
Is that a bad thing? That she wants a new car? That, it, that it's red? But think about what's driving that in you. The Holy Spirit is not going to do things in vain. He is not going to make us desire and want things that are not for the good of the plan the Father has for us. Can you do six? Can somebody read for me Proverbs 3.34? Somebody got Proverbs 3.34. So, if you want to not be mocked, somebody tell me what a mocker does. Makes fun of people. Makes fun of people. Or mimics, uh, I, I've seen kids in school, and I did this when I was in school, too, that's probably because I... <laughs> you'll repeat words that somebody says. <laughs> You are, no, I, you are, yes I am, no, you're not. The back and forth. We don't want to be mocked by God, do we? We don't want him mocking us. We don't want him to say, oh, come on, Brian. <laughs> Get your act together. We want, we want to humble ourselves before him and ask for him, ask for things that fall in line with his plan for us. And that's, Proverbs 3.34, that, that says if we ask for stuff in vain, if we ask for stuff outside of his provision for us, he's going to start mocking us. He's going to make fun of us. Okay, you want to do verse 7? Okay, so James has talked all about this stuff about envy and strive and quarreling and arguing among us bickering and, and talking about I'm better looking than Jeremy is. I'm taller than Jeremy. I got nicer shoes than Jeremy. I got a nicer beard than Jeremy. He's been talking about me for all these little things that I want to pick up on and complain about or I am so sick and tired of eating this bread that we get every day. You know the children of Israel did that didn't they? I don't want to eat no more quail. So James has been telling us all the stuff that we've been doing, and he's heard we've been doing it. He's heard that Bobby has been complaining. He's heard that Jeremy's been complaining. He's heard that Anthony's even complained sometimes. <laughs> and I don't think he ever would. But James has heard this. He's heard talk about it. He's heard talk among us. Megan has been talking about complainers. Yes, complainers. That gets you attention. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> but he tells us now he's going to go into what we need to do to overcome these things. It says, submit yourself in obedience to God and the devil's going to flee from you. Now, I don't have, I don't have verse 8 up there, do I? Oh, okay, I do. It says to draw close 
to him. And he'll come close to you. What's that mean? So when I start getting my prayers in line with his word, what does he do? He comes and stands along beside me. So when the enemy comes against me, how many people standing there? Two, and one of them's a mighty big fella. He's not going to take any, any uh, slack off the enemy. So it says, draw an eye to him, and he'll draw an eye to you. Wash your hands. We hear about that lots of times through the Bible. Because sometimes we have dirty hands. What does that mean? Uh, I think that means that Mr. Bobby may have talked bad about Miss Joanne. He got his hands dirty. So he says, wash your hands. Repent. He wants me to go to Miss Joanne and say, Miss Joanne, I did say that. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry I said that. And I want you to forgive me. Can you forgive me for that? Thank you. And she, can, she will forgive us. That's, he's going to come along beside me and Miss Joanne then. And he's going to walk with us. So, resist the devil, and he's going to flee from you. Wash your hands, and he's going to come in agreement with you. Purify your heart. And don't be double-minded. Sometimes, Bobby has a problem of deciding if the governor from Florida is right or President Trump's right, if Mr. Obama was right, or what is that person we have, man? You know what I'm saying? Sleepy, <laughs> Sleepy Judge. That's ugly. <laughs> you have to ask for forgiveness for that. Don't be double minded. I'm going to think on what the word says. I'm going to, whenever I have a need, I'm going to go find a scripture that aligns to that word. And that's what James has been trying to teach us. He's been trying through this whole thing. And James is not trying to teach you theology. He's trying to teach you practical everything, everyday things that comes up in your life. If you've got dirty hands, wash them. If you've been going through the mud before you come to the house, what's mama say? Watch it. At least brush it off when you come in the door, right? Have we got verse 9 up there? And sometimes we have to do it with weeping and gnashing the teeth and just carrying on and be really sorrowful. Sometimes I'm going to go to Miss Joanne and I'm going to say, Miss Joanne, I said that about you. And she's going to look at me and say, You dirty, rotten scandal. <laughs> And I'm going to say, please, Miss Joanne, please forgive me. She says, why did you do that to me, right? Why was you so mean? You knew that was my favorite hat. But sometimes I'm going to have to get to the point that I weep and I lament and I cry out and I mourn because I don't want to lose that friendship with her. I don't want us to be separated. I want us to be in unity together. 
And sometimes my grief and my sadness, my grief and my weeping is going to turn to sadness. Because sometimes it's going to be very hard for her to say, I forgive you. Depending on what I've done and what I've said. Sometimes it's very hard for you to forgive him. I, I hear people say all the time that you have to have tough love, love with people. And I think, how can people do that? How can a, a mother or a father tell their children they can't come back to their house? Or how can you tell your brother or your sister that? But sometimes that happens. It, it does happen. And sometimes we as Christians become very sad by it. We have, we have people, and I'm sure there's people here that are divided from family members right now. And it, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? You, you want to be friends with them. You want to hold them dear. You want to be there. But no matter how much we repent, how much we confess, that doesn't seem to get healed. It will in time. I, I promise you. God's plan for you is that you be in good health, that you be happy and well-being. His plan for you is good, never bad. Do you have verse 10? Okay, so once we've humbled ourselves, once I fell down and I cried, and Miss Joanne says, I forgive you. She's going to help me get up and brush all that off, get me some Kleenexes and wipe my eyes. with. She's going to, She's going to lift me up. And that says, if we humble ourselves before God and cry out to Him, He's going to exalt us. You go one more, Jim. This, this scripture here talks about when we're judging one another. Who's our judge? And the Torah is our judge. It says that if we judge, we judging speaks against the Torah and sets himself up as a, I don't know what that word is, a judge of the Torah. Now if the Torah judge you, you are not to be a judge of the Torah. So I can't go take a, a scripture out of the, the Torah and tell Brian, you know, Brian, that's not for you anymore. That just really doesn't apply to you. That's, you know, so just back away from that. You know, that's, that's not really good that, that, you, that you're going to do all that stuff that the Torah says. No. I can't be the judge of that and, and say, this is, this is what is for, uh, for you, and this is what's for Josh, and this is what's for Megan, or this is what's for Barbara back here, or this is what's for Chuck. You know, the, the Word is there. We live by the Word. We come in line with the Word. We don't judge the Word. One more. So this kind of speaks for, you, for itself, right? So you're not a judge of your neighbor. I'm not gonna judge that Barbara has painted her house, 
the ugly, ugliest color of yellow. <laughs> if she likes that, she can paint it yellow, right? <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. Okay, we're not to say we're going to do this. Uh, right now, we might... All of us get together and say, tomorrow we're going to go and buy a piece of property and we're going to build a new building and we're going to have fancy air conditioning and we're going to have a, a fancy Baptist street out here in the front. We're not to say that. We're to say, if it's God's will, if it's the Lord's will that we do that, we're going to buy a piece of property. We're going to build a building. If not, we're going to keep on meeting here, aren't we? <laughs> and enjoying what we have here. Nobody knows in life what, what life's going to bring. You, you can't make those decisions. Keep going, Jeremy. We will live. Also, we will do that if the Lord wills. And this is the last verse here, verse 16. Or is it 17, the last one? So what we want to do, if we want our prayers to be answered, if we want our needs to be met, we have to come in alignment with his word and what his word teaches, what the Torah teaches. We have to come in line with what James is saying. We have to quit gossiping. Right, Patrick? All this gossiping uh, that we do about each other and talk about each other, even the good things we say. Be careful when you're saying good things. When you say, that Hannah, she sure plays the piano good. Be careful saying that kind of stuff. You might give her a big swell head and then she might decide to go and be a concert pianist and, and never come back and grace us with her. Be careful what you're saying. Make sure that what we're saying is not wasted. You know, we're responsible for every word we say. Not just every deed. Every word. How about the thoughts we think? We're responsible for those things. So let's do and think on those things that's going to align us with his word. Let's, let's quit fighting among us. Let's, let's know what war is. War is when me and Jeremy want to bicker back and forth. We want to think the war is what's going over there in the Ukraine. The biggest war goes on when we fight among ourselves, when we tear apart each other, when we degrade what God is doing. You know, God's doing a marvelous thing. He said in Jeremiah, what, 29, 11, I know my thoughts, my plans for you. He knew that we'd be here today. You think there was anybody here by chance? No. He planned that ahead of time. He planned for Miss Carol to be here today. For her to wear her fancy earrings. <laughs> and he did that for a purpose. Because you're going to impact somebody's life today by something you say or do. Our new visitor here today. She's here for a purpose. She just didn't happen to say, Ariana, I would really like to see what you do for church. 
No, she got in the car and she came because God had that in his plan for her. He never quits working for us, working with us and pulling us to the point that he's able to use us and we're able to come in line with what he says. And I've talked way too much. <laughs> Sure. And I do like those earrings. Just like in our scripture today in Jeremiah, at the beginning of the captivity, Jeremiah told the children of Israel they would come back to Jerusalem. How many days was it? How many years was it? Seventy years. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little over 70 myself, so I know 70 years is a long time. Look back here at Macy and Anthony. They just got married. In 70 years, how much of impact or destruction do, will they bring onto the, to the, uh, the house of the Lord or to the work of God? That They have the option to, to make an impact for good or evil. But it may take them 70 years to do it. They may, in 70 years, they might buy us that piece of property and give it to us. That's it. But that's 70 years from now. <laughs> we need to be patient. And like Carol says, even though you go to somebody and you say, forgive me, expect them to forgive you. But also expect that they may want to wait 70 years to say, you know, you were right and I'm sorry. Sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes a long time even when you go to talk to them and the healing starts in their lives from what you said or what you've done, it takes a long time for that healing to take place in their lives. You've, you've been already getting healed because the Father's been working with you. So you've got the advantage in that situation. You may think you don't, but you do. The healing is already taking place in your life. But whenever we go and we sit down and we talk, and Miss Joanne and I talk together, she's got to start from right there unless the Lord has already been dealing with this. Michael? And to go on with the forgiveness thing, so on the um, side of you going and asking for it, you know, if they don't forgive you then or ever, it's, you know, unfortunately it's to their own downfall. Oh, yeah. But then on that that side of it is to forgive them before they can forgive them. Or if they never ask to forgive them. But what's our point in that? Do we judge them because they don't forgive? No. We love them, and you, do, and you do good for them, and you start to pour love on them, because that, that's going to bring them about. Okay, anybody else? Like I said, I've talked for a long time. <laughs> anybody else?
Hey, I want to thank you guys for being here today. Thank Gabe for, for letting me do this sometimes and letting me talk because he knows how much I like to talk. <laughs> but let's, let's, uh, 